0: Hello, and welcome to the Toddcast once again. Uh, I once again find myself driving home. It's a Friday, got the weekend. Uh, at this point in my particular timeline, it is the Friday before a three-day weekend, courtesy of President's Day, uh, delightful American holiday that I get to have off. Um, and I'm okay with that. Um, got some stuff happening this weekend. But uh, all in all, the key point is I'm not at work. So hooray, hooray, hooray. Um, As I do um, when I'm getting ready to leave for the day, um, being a person who no longer wishes to smoke in his car, uh, you know, I go out, fire up the engine, get get things warmed up because it's cold outside, and have a a last cigarette before I head out and kind of think about, "Mm, do I want your podcast today? And if so, what topic shall I, you know, discuss? Um, and as of late, I've been kind of coming up dry. Not real sure what, what necessarily to talk about. Um, I mean, I've got some stories and I've got a whole heck of a lot of opinions. Um, but sometimes I don't, you know, sometimes the stories aren't stories I feel like telling right then and there. Uh, some of it, I feel like I'm going to hold on to for a little longer. Um, some of the things that occur to me, the opinions I've got are, are a little too, shall we say, current events slash political opinions that, uh, I'm not looking to turn the podcast into, you know, talk radio politics hour. So I kind of, you know, kind of want to stay away from that stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to go there. Um, which takes a lot of items off the table, I guess. Um, so it's, it's been a, it's been a minute since I've actually recorded, uh, one of these. You know, I'm, I've been making sure to, you know, drop an episode, you know, every, every couple days as I do. Um, but mainly that's been by virtue of going through, you know, sort of my buffer, uh, the ones I've got recorded and kind of hanging out in the wings for, I'll, I'll, release these, you know, later. Um, the buffer started to run a little low. Um, so I figured I'd record something today, um, just, just so we can stay ahead of the curve. Um on that note, I guess a couple things. Um one, I'm not sure how many of you are real super invested in me, you know, releasing an episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um I think I might drop that down to 2 a week, uh just to sort of combat the aforementioned situation. Um and keep things going for a little bit longer. Um and then, you know, if I get on a wild tear and have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, I can always release extras. That that's that's easily doable. Um, and the other thing is just to, just to remind you guys, you know, if there's, there's anything, any particular topic you want me to talk about uh, or want to hear about, or what are your opinions on this Todd, um, by all means, drop me a line, uh, and, or, uh, you know, the, the, let's see if Todd can keep it going challenge is still out there, still in effect. Um, there is no expiration date on that bad boy. Um, if you are thinking to yourself, boy, I've got a topic that I bet Todd can't fill a whole commute talking about. Um, you let me know and I will see what I can do to, uh, to try and prove you wrong. Um, and hopefully it'll be entertaining. Um, but like I said, if you have any ideas, anything for me to ramble on about, uh, you just let me know. Uh, and again, the easiest ways to do that are on Twitter at cast Todd, with one D, uh, or you can email me at, uh, the pardon me, toddcastpodcast at gmail.com. Again, single D on Todd in all cases. Uh, Or if you've got the Anchor app, you can just go right on ahead and go in there and leave me a message. Um, Audio style, um, and I can include that as part of the episode or not, your choice. Um, Or if you happen to be a person that knows me personally and has my cell phone and you want to leave a voice message that way, you just let me know and I won't answer the phone and you can go to voicemail and I can harvest that bad boy and throw it into the episode. Easy, just as Uh, we got all kinds of options, folks. Uh, you just let me know, you know, what, what you're keen to hear and I, I will do my best to make that happen. Um, all that said, uh, you know, in the, the pre-flight cigarette, um, these things occurred to me, um, and I figured I can't really stretch that into a whole episode or I shouldn't. That seems like that's going to be, you know, more boring than an NPR pledge drive. Um, not that those are boring. I, I like NPR NPR's is good stuff and they need, you know, funding. That's all good, but it's not, you know, what I choose to listen to for extended periods. Uh, I figure I should probably come up with some sort of topic, something to talk about. Um, and you know, when all else fails, go, go back to the well, go, go, go back to the roots. And for those of you who've been around for a, a long time, and bless your your weary souls for hanging in there, uh, you may recall that the first real episode uh, was me, you know, trying to do some sort of filibustery fun times uh, on the topic of everyone's favorite uh, space opera epic, uh, Star Wars, um, of which, eh, whether you're a new listener or not, it, you know, I am... Clearly a, a big fan um, and can probably talk for quite a bit on that topic regardless. Um, so it's sort of the low-hanging fruit of the what can Todd talk about. Uh, but you know what? It's a low-hanging fruit kind of a day. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit that. Um to try and put a little focus on it this afternoon, I am going to focus on Star Wars as it relates to games. Um, specifically, uh, this is sort of prompted by uh, a couple days ago, uh, we went to a, one of the local bookstores here we have, it's called Half Price Books. It's a chain, they're all over the country. If you happen to have one near you, I highly encourage you to, to visit, uh, and purchase like a Mad Bandit, uh, because it's a fantastic, uh, chain of bookstores. they do have, you know, new releases and, and you know, recent books. Uh, but their main purpose, the main main reason I go there, is that it is a used bookstore, uh, and it is so much more than a used bookstore. I mean, yes, they have used books, which is pretty awesome. And generally speaking, the the cost of said books is, as it says in the title, half price, uh, which you know is easy on the math. Uh, you know paperbacks, hardbacks, all kinds of stuff. Um, they also tend to have a lot of really awesome vintage things, uh, in the book department. Uh, myself being a, a sci-fi kind of guy, uh, I really enjoy, you know, the older science fiction from like, you know, the the fifties and sixties. Uh, and they have those paperbacks on hand, uh, oftentimes at like a buck a pop. Uh, and it's just a good way to load up on some good, you know, good old fashioned, you know, sci-fi goodness. Um, and I've taken advantage of that, advantage of that on numerous occasions, as I may or may not have mentioned, uh, previously. They also have, and this is frankly one of the more, more often the reasons why I'm keen to, to check out half price books these days. Um, they have games, uh, and by games, I mean board games you know, secondhand board games that are, you know, there and complete and in decent condition and cheap. Uh, and oftentimes you can find, you know, some, some really old ones, some vintage ones with some awesome, you know, covers and just games you've never heard of or seen because they're super old. Um, some of which are fun, some of which are just sort of, you know, nostalgic, some of which are, you know, you get just because they look that, you know, I don't know. It strikes me funny. Ha! <laughs> Look at this game. That's crazy. I'll probably never play it, but it looks awesome, and it's like two bucks. Why not? Kind of a thing. Um, they also have a, lo- a wide variety of role-playing game books. So you know, old D and D books, and just about every version you can think of. Uh, you know, Shadowrun, Star Wars, Vampire the Masquerade. Like if it's a role-playing game, um, they pro- at one time or another in one of their many stores they probably have a copy of it somewhere, uh, which again, for me is pretty rad. Uh, I basically managed to pick up a complete set of the first edition D&D books, uh, there for extremely reasonably priced, uh, you know, cheap even in some cases and in good shape. Uh, again, it's not necessarily a game system I intend to play anytime soon, but it's the one I grew up on, And for nostalgia reasons, I wanted them. Uh, Plus, they're still good to flip through. They're still entertaining to me as books. Like, I might not play the game, but flipping through the books is still fun. Um, You know, back in the day when I was playing, we basically just sort of had the main three. Player's Handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, uh, and the Monster Manual. Um, We may have had a couple more, but those those are the main three, those ones we had. Uh, but they did publish several other books, uh, that we just didn't have at the time. I now have all of them. Um, and I, that's, that's pretty fun for me. Um, so there's that. Um, but I mentioned Star Wars and I'm slowly getting back to the Star Wars piece. Don't, don't worry. Um, back in the day, um, actually what was the first role-playing game I played prior to D&D was the original Star Wars role-playing game. Um and again, I bring this up in the context of half price books in that you can sometimes find them there. Uh, those books are long out of print uh I want to say West End games kind of lost the Star Wars license and or closed it door its doors, probably somewhere in the late nineties. I'm guessing uh you know, I'd have to do some Wikipediaing and whatnot to to verify that, but it's not super important to the story other than. The, the publisher who put that game out uh, for so long um, eventually stopped, and so all the books are far out of print, and therefore they're hard to find, unless you have a Half Price Books around, in which case that's magical. Um, and I'll be talking more about that here in a minute, uh, but the main reason I brought up Half Price Books is that we went there the other day, and like I said, they've got all kinds of games and stuff. Uh, there is a... Calling it a board game seems not quite accurate, but for sake of brevity, we'll call it a board game for now. Uh, that was put out by Fantasy Flight Games called Imperial Assault. That is not a board game in the traditional sense, and that is you know it's not a normal board. Uh, but it has modular map tiles and plastic miniatures, and it's it's kind of a miniatures war game, but it's also got like a campaign rule set to it to where you can go through and there's a bit of a storyline happening to it. I've never played it before, but I've seen this stuff in stores and it looked pretty awesome. Uh, the miniatures are really high quality. Uh, you know, when I say plastic miniatures, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the old school stuff you used to get in, in board games where, you know, they were kind of the equivalent of the little green army men. Uh, I mean, plastic miniatures, like, of a quality and grade that, you know, any miniature gamer or, or role-playing gamer who wants miniatures would be happy to have. Um, and the base set, the, the core set for this game, uh, typically runs about 90 bucks. Um, in fact, I had it in Amazon on my, you know, gaming wish list, and has been there for like years, just as a, Eh, I don't know if I'll ever play this or get anybody to play, but it's it looks awesome and if I ever just have a, a whole bunch of random money, uh maybe I'll pick this up. Or if you know I guess my thought was that if I ever do re-engage with some Star Wars role-playing, the miniatures in the game alone are are worth it to have some good minis to play with. Um so that sat in the the Amazon wish list, like I said, literally for years. And the other day we stroll into Half Price Books just on a on a goof. It's like, hey, let's, you know, we got some time. Let's let's go check out Half Price Books. Um and I'll be darned if they didn't have the set, you know, the the original core set, uh absolutely complete for twenty nine ninety five or something. And I'm like, oh well this is coming home with me. That's just that's just a no brainer. Um, and it did. And I got it home and immediately tore into it and just kind of make sure it is in fact complete. And I'll be darned if it is, uh, every little bit and piece is in there. Um, they even saved me the problem of, uh, having to punch out all the little cardboard, you know, tokens and chips and whatnot. Um, I had then had to go through and sort them all out to see if they're all there, but that's fine. Um, it was, it was, you know, something fun yet mindless to do whilst sitting, you know, watching some television, um, in the evening. Um, but very excited about that. Uh, like I said, haven't played it yet. I just finally, you know, got all the stuff sorted out and looking at it and, you know, I'm going to check it out. And I've got some guys I can probably call, I can probably convince to play, uh, if we wanted to. So, you know, that might be happening. Um, and the minis are, are pretty sweet. They're, they're, they're pretty awesome. Uh, frankly, if I didn't have so many war machine, miniatures to paint, I would probably switch gears and start getting these guys painted up uh, because they're, they're really, really good, good minis. Um, So there's that game available to talk about. Um, I think I've exhausted everything I really know about it. So we will move on to the previously mentioned uh, Star Wars role-playing game. So, um, and this, this is just going to go to levels of Geek nerdery that possibly none of you have asked for, and and for those of you that are like, oh boy, really? Uh, I'll apologize now, um, you know. But you, you you opted to download and play the episode. You, you at this point you should know what you're getting into. Um. So, oh boy, when was it? Let's see. It would have been the probably eighty six or eighty seven. Possibly 88, somewhere around that time frame, uh, I was introduced to the Star Wars role playing game. I'm not going to get into my origins with Star Wars. I believe I've talked about that already. And you can, you know, go back and listen to that. Uh, but I was in the eighth grade, and a buddy of mine traded his Starfire uh, Transformers toy to another kid who had the Star Wars the role playing game basic rule book. Um, and thus legends were born. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, all the rules were self-contained in one, you know, hardbound volume, uh, which was pretty awesome. Um, the, the rules themselves, uh, it, I, I love them, uh, is, is the quick, easy way to, to really summarize that. Um, because when you're dealing with role-playing games, that you know there are a couple of different directions that that folks can go to, and different people have different tastes. And I nothing I'm about to say is meant to you know besmirch someone's taste for you know their games and how their rules work. Uh, but just to sort of compare and contrast between Star Wars, which is the topic of the day, and let's say Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which is by far the you know the, the godfather of you know RPGs. Um, and what most people, you know, who have played are probably familiar with, uh, from a rules perspective, um, in D and D you specifically pick, you know, what race your character is. I guess that's the same in star Wars. You pick what alien race or if you want to be human or a droid or whatever. Uh, but then in D and D you further, you know, sort of define your character and, and sort of put them in a certain bucket by choosing a class. You know, this guy is a fighter. He, this person is a wizard. This guy is a, you know, thief or rogue. Um, and that kind of defines what that character can or can't do. Um, whereas with Star Wars, you have a character and they've got a variety of, you know, stats, but there's no hard lines that define, oh, this is what this guy can or can't do. Like if you've got a skill you can try and do it. You might suck at it depending on, you know, how you built your character thus far. Um, but there's nothing stopping you from, from doing it. For example, in Dungeons and Dragons, if you have a rogue or, or thief, as they called them in the olden days, uh, one of the skills your character had was, you know, hiding in shadows or moving silently. Um, and so if you were a rogue, you you had the stats to, you know, you could you could choose to do that. You rolled some dice to see if you were successful, but you you could do it. If you were on the other hand a fighter, um instead of a rogue, you pretty much didn't have a choice. Like there were no stealth options for you. Uh unless your your dungeon master, you know, had some kind of house rules going. Odds were if you were a fighter, you tried sneaking around, it just wasn't going to work. There there were no options. Um Whereas with Star Wars, you don't have to define yourself as, you know, the sneaky guy. Everybody in your group can try. Uh, you know, if you're not particularly dexterous, if your character isn't, you know, especially, you know, hasn't put any points into that, he might not be very good, but he can at least try. Um, which is something that I really enjoy about the game. Um, it, it, it doesn't sort of pigeonhole you as much. Now, there are some aspects to it that, you know, um, in both systems where, where, you know, there are, th- you can't just do anything, uh, you know, in, in D&D, if you want to, you know, hurl fireballs, you pretty much have to be a wizard or some sort of wizardy type of, of character class. Uh, you know, your, your random, you know, fighter just can't do it. You, you've not been trained in magic and therefore can't do it. Um, which makes sense and is understandable. Uh, In Star Wars, uh, you know, Jedi are a thing and you pretty much have to, you know, spend a lot of points on being a Jedi if you want to, you know, do Jedi mind tricks or, you know, do all kinds of awesome shenanigans with a lightsaber, uh, etc. But again, that kind of makes sense and that's kind of something that everyone just sort of understands and agrees that yes, Jedi are special, uh, you know, But the guy whose character, you know, has spent a lot of time and energy into making sure his character has good piloting skills can hop into an X-Wing and, you know, go dogfight some TIE fighters. Cool. But also, you know, the diplomat who has not spent that much time and energy, you know, working on his piloting skills can also hop in an X-Wing and fly from point A to point B. Uh, odds are you don't want to get in too many tussles with, you know, any kind of real combat chips, but you can, you can fly the thing. Um, it's not, it's not, you know, a, 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 binary, you know, yes or no, like it is in, in D&D. And that's, that's one of the aspects that I really, uh, kind of enjoyed, uh, with the West End games rule, uh, the D6 system. Um, the other thing, and it kind of ties into that is how you, you advance your character. Um, again, in Dungeons and Dragons, you know, you, I mean, it, it, a lot, (laughs) there are lots of ways to do it, but for most campaigns through most of the editions, it's okay, fight and kill a thing, get experience points. Once you've accumulated, you know, enough experience points to cross this particular threshold, you go up a level and you, you know, get some perks and bonuses that go with that. Um, but if you're third level and you're trying to gain experience to get to fourth level, you don't really see any, you know, movement in what you actually can do better until you hit that threshold and ding your fourth level. Um, whereas with Star Wars, at the end of every, uh, you know, adventure, you, you get points, they're not experience points, they're, you know, character points, um, but you can immediately spend those to, you know, enhance your character's abilities, which is again, a thing that I I thought was nice. Like it, it's, it's more of a slow progression. Um, but it's a steady progression. You can, you can work on, you know, whatever makes the most sense. Um, you know, and it's also a very customized, uh, progression, you know, in D&D, if you're a fighter, you go up a level, okay, you have more hit points, you have a better chance to hit things. Um, and maybe you get another, you know, spiffy trick, combat trick you can do that, that is the list, you know? Um, if you're a wizard, okay, you get a few more hit points. Um, you might, you're, you're probably going to be able to cast more spells and maybe depending on what level you are, you get access to, to more different spells. Great. Um, in Star Wars, you know, oh, I've just finished an adventure. Any number, any given skill that I have, I can try to improve that. Um, there are some perks for, you know, some, some incentives to raise the skills that you actually used during the adventure to sort of reflect, you know, that you've actually done some stuff and practiced that skill and that's why it's going up. Um, but it makes for better, more rounded characters. Um, you know, just cause your, your character is a smuggler doesn't mean all he does is pilot and that's all he's good for. Um, you know, depending on how you spend your points, yeah, he's good at piloting, but he's also a smooth talker and can con people. Um, and he's not too shabby with a blaster, uh, you know, and he's, he's decided to become handy with, you know, fixing and reprogramming droids. Like there's a lot of options there you can go with, uh, which is, which is pretty cool for me. Um, the basic mechanic when playing, um, and another thing that is, is I found enjoyable, um, and kind of makes it easier for newbies is that the whole system just uses six-sided dice. Um, And for those of you not accustomed to dice varieties, that's the normal dice you use for Monopoly or craps or anything else, you know, one through six, the the little cubes. Um, Which was especially nice when I first started playing because I didn't necessarily have access to game stores where you could buy, you know, vast quantities of different kinds of dice. Uh, I literally went through the family game closet and pirated all the dice from Monopoly and, you know, Parcheesi and whatever, you know, Yahtzee was a treasure trove of, you know, five dice at once. Woohoo! Um, which if memory serves at some point kind of upset the parents because they went to go play, you know, said game and like, where are the dang dice? Oh, Todd's got them. Uh, (laughs) um but they're, you know, they're normal common dice that everyone's generally familiar with. Um, you know, whereas D and D you have a wide variety of dice of all sorts of funky shapes and sizes. You've got a four sider, a six sider, an eight sider, um, 10 sided, 12 sided, 20 sided at, at a minimum, um, in order to do what it is you're wanting to do to play. And depending on what it is you're doing, determines what die you're rolling. Like you roll one die to see if you hit a guy and then you roll a different die to see how much damage you do to him, depending on what weapon you have. Um, there's, you know, and that can be a little daunting, uh, for, for new folk. Um, even knowing which die is which can sometimes be confusing to folk, uh, let alone knowing which one to use for the proper thing. Um, and dice simplicity will come back into play in the story here in a bit uh, when we start talking about other versions of the the Star Wars role playing game. Uh, but for right now, sticking with the West End Games classic, uh, all six sided. Um, you know, all of your stats were expressed as you know basically how many dice you rolled. Um, you might get a plus one or a plus two, and I'm not going to get into the fine details of exactly how that role playing game worked and the progressions. But you know. All of your stats were at least two dice, could go, you know, up to four dice, five dice more, depending on how much, you know, what your character was skilled in. But even, you know, I, Joe Schmo, I've never, you know, done this thing before, could at least roll two dice to see if he might get lucky, uh, which was nice. Um, You know, you'd roll the dice, you'd total them up, you'd compare that against the difficulty number for your task, Uh, If it was an easy thing, you needed lower total. If it was super hard, you'd need a higher total, uh, you know, and you either succeeded or you didn't, you know, it was, it was pretty straightforward. The, uh, the combat system, again, you're not breaking into weird combat tables, uh, or using funky dice. It's okay. That guy is, you know, at short range, roll your, your blaster skill. If you beat a 10, you hit him, you know, if he dodges then, okay, he gets to add his dodge to that number and he's harder to hit. It was very, very straightforward. Uh, Not a whole lot of math other than basic, you know, addition and subtraction. Um, And made it so that the game went quickly. You you, you could keep keep the pace going. Um, You know, the the Star Wars game in particular um, is kind of known for and designed to be kind of cinematic. Um, You know, whereas sometimes, you know, Dungeons & Dragons can be... You know they call them dungeon crawls because you go from one room and you cer you kill the beasties and take their treasure and you search it to see if there are any hidden passages or whatever, or clues or, or special whatever's, and then you go to the next room, and if there's a beastie there, you kill it and take its treasure and then you search whatever, and you know it 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 it's fun, um, it's definitely a play style, but it's not high action cinematic, uh, you know, kind of thing. Whereas that's, that's what Star Wars is kind of designed to do. Uh, and the game system allows you to, you know, be pretty, pretty fast paced with things. It's real easy to, to accomplish what you're doing and for the game master to sort of, uh, you know, educate what, what does or doesn't happen, uh, without needing to dig too deep into a bunch of books and charts and this and that and the other thing, uh, which again was made it nice. Um, it all, from a game master's perspective, it also made it very easy to, um, to wing it, um, to, to sort of just make it up as you go, um, and have a good time. Um, which is something that I've always struggled with, with pretty much any other game system I've played. And I know there, there are some dungeon masters who can just riff without having a prepared adventure, uh, pretty easily. Uh, but for me, I mean, there were times in my youth, me and the boys would get together to play some star Wars and I was the game master and be like, all right, y'all are in dude ship. You're on this planet. What do you want to do? Um, and whatever it is they wanted to do, we proceeded to do it. And I could, you know, think of stuff on the fly, you know, adversaries for them to fight little plot twists to, you know, send them off in different directions. Um, and we could play and we had a great time. Um, with a lot of the D and D versions, you kind of need to have a little bit of a, a of an adventure. You've got to have an outline of this is you know this is where they're going and this is the dungeon they're going to go into and these are the things that they need to accomplish. Like you gotta ha- kind of have to have an outline. You've got to have a map. You've got to have some. You got to spend some prep time on that. Um, which again, as a dungeon master, oftentimes is part of the fun. Um, but you don't necessarily always have the luxury of time to do that kind of prep. Um, whereas Star Wars, like I said, you just sit down with the books and your characters and some dice and all right, let's do this and, and have a great time without necessarily needing to put a whole bunch of effort, uh, up front, which is another thing I really liked about that system. Um, on a side note, um, and, and another thing that was really awesome about, uh, you know, the West End game rules, uh, particularly for the time, uh, that I played while they were in, in, production. Uh you need to understand that you know the movies the original trilogy came out when it did um I want to say return of the jedi came out in like 83 um and they were awesome and everybody loved the movies you know and there were all the toys and you know video games and miscellaneous whatnot's there um and there were a handful of novels that came out uh there was like a, a trilogy about Han Solo that was pretty decent uh there was a Lando Calrissian trilogy Uh, that I seem to remember enjoying quite a bit. Um, We won't bring up Splinter of the Mind's Eye, uh, just because it, while a pretty decent book, um, seemed to be written without any kind of um, plan to maintain continuity between it and the movies, uh, which makes it problematic from a canonical standpoint, but again, I'm not going to get into that. Um, But other than that, there was a Marvel comic book series... But other than that, there wasn't a lot of Star Wars out there. Um, You kind of had what there was, and that was it. Um, Until the role-playing game came out. And Lucasfilm did a pretty awesome thing in regards to West End games when they gave them the license to, oh, you want to make a role-playing game based on, you know, the Star Wars universe. Cool, you can do that. Um, And it gave them a lot of freedom to sort of fill in the blanks. Um, And I guess, as an example... You know, they, they came out with the basic rules that told you all about, you know, all the people and things and gear and droids and stuff you saw, you know, in the movies. Like, here are the stats for a stormtrooper. Here, you know, you can build a character that will be a smuggler, not playing Han Solo, but like Han Solo. You know, you want to be a Jedi, you're not going to be Obi-Wan or Luke, but here's how you can, you know, make your character, you know, a young Jedi in training. Um, sort of a deal. Um, and then they started releasing source books, which actually did give you the stats, the game stats for Darth Vader. And you could see just how badass he was with the Dark Side of the Force. Uh, you know, you wanted to see, you know, Han Solo's stats and just how really he he actually is a kick-ass pilot. Look, the stats will show you. Um, you could do that. Uh but then they also started to release books that sort of like I said filled in the gaps. Um they released a book that was basically, you know, the Galaxy Guides. Uh, and galaxy guide one was a new hope and it basically had stats for just about every person you saw in the movie. And I'm not talking about just Luke and Han and Leia and, you know, Vader, but you know, the folks in the cantina, the, you know, the hammer-headed alien dude, um, this book gave him a name, gave him a backstory told you all about him and gave, oh, and by the way, here are his stats, but it added a lot of flavor and, and depth to the, uh, to the world, you know, the, uh, the big fuzzy four-eyed, you know, critter that's is up at the bar and is like on screen for like two seconds. Uh, you know, here's his story. Here's, here's his deal. Um, you know, which was fantastic. Uh, cause it, it gave you something to There was finally some more Star Wars to be had. Um, and it's sweet that, you know, Lucasfilm let West End Games basically go, look, write what you want, you know, run it past us. We have to approve all of this, but we don't mind if you fill in some of these gaps for us. Um, and it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, when they did start, you know, people did start writing books for Star Wars, you know, the expanded universe. Um, one of the first ones that came out was by Timothy Zahn, and it's called the Thrawn Trilogy. Um, and I want to say it came out, in, uh, the first book came out in like probably 93 would be my guess. Um, and when he was preparing to write those books, Lucasfilm sent him a pile of the West End Games game books and source books and said, Here, study up. This is the world you're writing Um, And I think it's pretty fantastic that a role-playing game, you know, the writers for a role-playing game had that kind of impact on something as big and epic as Star Wars. Um, And a lot of that stuff stuck, Uh, you know, even even though, you know, they're now owned by Disney and kind of blew out a lot of the expanded universe stuff. There's still a lot of stuff that's still in there that its origin comes from the the role-playing game that I played you know, as an eighth grader or whatever. Um, and like, I played it in the eighth grade. Um, through the summer into, I want to say probably the beginning of my freshman year. Uh, and I guess we started, my friend Mike was the game master, um, and we had great fun. Um, and then I was like, do you mind if I try game mastering? Um, that was the first game I ever, you know, was in charge of. Uh, you know, he's like, yeah, sure. And I devoured the book and frankly found out a bunch of the rules that he was getting wrong, uh, (laughs) um, and started, you know, making adventures and, and, and running games and had a good time with that. Um, freshman year ish is about when he kind of introduced me to Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and again, he knew the rules and they were his books. So he, he dungeon mastered that, um until such time as he kind of got a little burned out and over it, in which case I took over. Um, we played that for a year or two, and then we encountered some other friends who also played D&D, and the topic came up that, oh, there's a Star Wars role-playing game, and they're like, oh, well, that sounds awesome. We should try that. And We kind of switched gears, um, and I started running that again, but I basically ran Star Wars the whole time I was in high school, um, when I went off to the University of Akron, um, all the guys on my floor in the dorm, we would get together and play Star Wars. That was an insane campaign because everybody was just kind of goofy. Um, it was probably more like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy than traditional Star Wars sort of theme, but it was good times. Um, and then when I went to the Navy, uh, after boot camp and after A school and I got to my first, you know, duty station, um... You know, I was talking to Kenny about role-playing, and this, and that, and the other thing, um, and we kind of bounced back and forth between playing Dungeons and & Dragons and Star Wars, um, and it was the classic West End Games edition, um, you know, we, when we were on deployment and had nothing better to do, when everybody else was going out blowing all their money, you know, drinking and being stupid, we, I'd blow my money on game books and we'd hang out in the barracks and play till the wee hours, uh, kept, kept me off the street, um, And then we'd go into Homeport and one of the guys, um, you know, that I hung out with and played, you know, his, he got his wife into it and we played, um, you know, um, pretty much the whole time I was in the Navy. We, 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 we did a bunch of role-playing and a fair bit of it was Star Wars. Um, when I got out and went to Florida, that gang was not so much into the role-playing games as previous folks I hung out with. Uh, so it kind of all fell to the wayside for a bit there. Um, and it's, uh, like I said, around that time was also, you know, West End Games no longer was producing the stuff. Um, and, you you know, um, they weren't into, you know, gaming basically. So, you know, it all kind of, kind of petered out there for a while. Um, eventually... Wizards of the Coast got the license for the role-playing game. And for those of you who do not immediately recognize that, uh, Wizards of the Coast are the guys who, in modern times, also make Dungeons & Dragons, as well as Magic the Gathering. Um, So them getting the license was kind of a big deal. You've got a major game company who's now able to produce, you know, Star Wars material. Um, And this was also after the prequels came out was it all the prequels or just I know at least you know episodes 1 and 2 I think were out um so whereas all of us geeky gamers who wanted game stats for everything we saw in the movies uh you didn't really get the opportunity for the first couple because there was no game company producing said rules um and at the time the internet was still not quite where it is nowadays to where you can find anything and some fan will have made their own version um that wasn't so much available then, so you kinda had to wait. Um The West End games version of the rules was fine. It was it was, you know, I, I didn't hate it. Uh, but it wasn't quite what I was looking for, hoping for. Um, and the main reason I would say is that they basically took the same game mechanics that, uh, they used for Dungeons and Dragons, which at this point was in third edition and kind of filed off the serial numbers and, and washed away all of the fantasy elements and kind of slapped on some sci-fi space opera Star Wars to it. Um, in that all those things that I was saying earlier about, you know, this is why D&D and Star Wars were different. Um, in terms of having player classes that kind of said, this is what you do, um, and their skill system and using, you know, a bunch of different sided dice instead of six siders. Um, all of those things were now no longer the truth, uh, because you, you had classes, you know, there were three different kinds of Jedi you could be, uh, you know, um, without a whole lot of crossover, you know, there were, you know, you could be a scoundrel, which is what they lumped everything smuggler. Yeah, you know, rogue-like, anything that kind of fell into that general bucket, you went into that class, you know, whereas before you could have a mercenary or a bounty hunter or a soldier, and the way you built them was all kind of subtly different and unique. Now every one of those characters would be, you know, a, a, of the soldier class, um, which was kind of the same as a D&D fighter, except you got blasters instead of just running with swords and axes. Um, like I said, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a terrible implementation, but it wasn't what I was used to. It wasn't what I, one of the things I really enjoyed about the original game. Uh, and I did, I I bought the rules, um, and read the rules. Um, and I did have a couple, a couple of times where folks were sort of interested and we, we played a couple of sessions. And like I said, it, 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 it didn't suck. It wasn't the worst thing, but it wasn't, wasn't like back in the day. It wasn't like it was with the old system. Um, and then, um, with the second marriage, that group, we did role play. We played, you know, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, but they were not so much into the Star Wars end of things. So we never really got to play that, which was also kind of a bummer to me. Um, I ended up selling all of my West End Games um, game books um, on eBay to raise money uh, for something or other. I'm honestly not sure I can remember why, but I did, uh, which is a thing I both regret and also don't so much care about. Um, I regret it because I like, liter- just about literally had every book West End Games ever put out for the Star Wars role-playing game so it was a pretty awesome collection to have broken apart and sold piecemeal. Um, I'm not that torn up about it because the way I left Florida with, you know, two suitcases, I wouldn't have been able to bring any of that with me anyway. And I would have lost it. Anywho, um, whatever. Um, like I said, I've been able to reclaim most of those books via half price books anyway, uh, the ones that I wanted. Uh, so it's all good. Um, and basically didn't get to play the original West End games version again until I, you know, moved back to Ohio. Um, and with the advent of the internet and let's say PDF versions of all of the original books that I once owned, um, it became viable to, okay, we're going to play the Star Wars role-playing game. And yeah, I know it's not the current rule set available in stores, but I don't care. I like this version better. We're going to play by those rules. Um, and the guys I was playing were like, cool, that's fine. Um, we're down for that. Um, and we played some. I uh, Played some with uh, some of the guys at work. Um, played a little bit with uh, some of my other friends. Um, neither campaign really took off or went long, but it was good times. Um, until eventually we get to sort of the modern era. Um, and I don't know when the, again, the license changed hands. Uh, but it went from West, End ga- or from West End Games to Wizards of the Coast. And then from Wizards of the Coast to Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, Fantasy Flight, for those of you paying a whole lot of attention to this episode, are the guys who make the Imperial Assault game I started talking about way back when, uh, in what I'm sure seems like an eternity to you, ago. But in reality is, you know, 30 minutes or so. Um, but they also got access to the, the role-playing game and sort of once again rebuilt it from scratch in the way that they wanted to. Um, they actually broke it into, as I understand it, what is pretty much like three different games. <laughs> um, Cause there's one big heavy book rule set that kind of covers rebels, uh, you know, and, and folks who are, you know, characters that are, you know, that represent the rebels. Um, there's a whole other big old set that is playable with, but also can be independent of the other one that covered Jedi and such. Um, and then a third iteration of the same basic rules, but with a different sort of spin that covers all of your sort of fringe elements, your, your, your smugglers and bounty hunters and such. Um, I don't own any of those. I've not yet acquired them. Um, they are not cheap I mean, they're big, hefty, very professional grade books. Don't get me wrong. Uh, fantasy flight games. Um, they do not skimp on production value. Um, they are very, very high quality things, but that comes with a price tag, um, that I've not been willing to spend by virtue of, I've got no one that I'm likely to play with. And I really like the old rules anyway. Um, so I don't know a whole lot about that rule set other than kind of what I've seen flipping through them and, you know, kind of heard from other folk. Um, but there are two things about that that don't really make me super happy about wanting to pick it up anytime real soon either. Um, one goes back to the thing I mentioned about Funky Dice, um, not only are they not all six-siders, I think they've got sixes and eights, maybe tens, I don't know. Somebody can fact check me and whatever. But uh, not only are they not all standard dice, but the ones that are six-sided, they're not like one through six. They've got a bunch of funky symbols and icons on them. Um, That you have to know what those are. And instead of just rolling dice, adding up the numbers and coming to a total that you have to beat to be successful or not, you roll three of these purple dice and the game master will roll two of these yellow dice and you match up the symbols and some ones cancel others out and you know there's like a whole rigmarole to figuring it out to make to figure out if you are you are successful or not that I'm sure isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be but I shouldn't have to go buy yet another special set of dice if I've been role playing since 1988. Uh, If I can't do it with six-siders or standard polyhedrals I just don't know how concerned I am. Um, there was a brief period there where a buddy of mine, Jeff, was uh, had gotten the, the Warhammer fantasy role-playing game, the newest iteration of it, also put out by Fantasy Flight, and also used this, you know, custom dice thing going. So I've, I do have a little experience with that kind of dice mechanic, not in the Star Wars context, but in the context of, uh, you know, Warhammer. Um, uh, no, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I didn't care for it. Like, it it should be more straightforward than that, in my opinion. So that's kind of one turn off. Uh, the other turn off from looking at it is once again, it seems to be kind of, you know, character class based and, you know, you, you have skill, skill trees and progressions that you've got to figure out, oh, well, if I want to be able to do this, well, I have to take this skill and this skill first and I, it, 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 it takes a lot of the spontaneity and slow build and versatility out of the characters, I think and I'm not a big fan of that um, so like I said, I can't really speak too much to Fantasy Flight's iteration of the role-playing game uh, other than I'm not real super keen or likely to do it again, if I come across those rule books for cheap and a half-price books I will absolutely pick them up Uh, I'm not spending $60 on a game book, uh, for a game system I'm not going to play. If I see it for 15 or 20 in half price books, I'll pick it up just for, you know, the sake of checking it out and looking through it. Um, so we've come full circle back to half price books whilst talking about star Wars gaming. And I literally just pulled into my parking spot. So not, not, I'm going to call that good. Um, if you've got any questions or concerns on this topic, again, let me know, and I'll be happy to tell you all about it. Um, I did not talk about, um, various Star Wars card games or video games, um, computer games. Um, there's still a lot to talk about Star Wars gaming-wise that I may revisit at some point in the future, uh, but I think I've done my job for today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Thank you for listening, Uh, and until next time, I hope you have a good one. And that's it.